Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is London Calling. London Calling. I, I thought the Supreme Court nailed it. And you can believe that whether you're pro-abortion rights or anti-abortion rights. Uh, Roe versus Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood decided respectively in 1973 and 1992 were embarrassments. They were embarrassments as a legal matter. The, the support for the decisions wasn't there. And even prominent legal scholars over here agreed on that. Now, for the first 185 years of our country's existence, this was a matter that was left to the states. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Um, Tobes, I, I wanted to tell you about my dispiriting gaudy. Oh yeah. <laughs> when was your last? I, I, I ought to explain to our to our yes. particularly our American viewers what a gaudy is. A, a, a gaudy is a is like your college reunion. It's what it, it's what it's what we call. Um, reunions at Oxford and I think a few other universities use, right. use and, it. And they do them roughly every 10 years, is that right? It's about, or is it maybe 15 years? I, I, I think I've been to, been to two since I've left. Yeah, I think so I, that would make sense. I've been to two as well, I think, yeah. Yeah. And apparently it comes from something like Gaudete or, or um, it, it, it's, it's designed to be, you know, for, from sort of celebrating the fact that you're um, that you're still alive after all these years right um but i I just i was i i was a bit i was a bit sort of um i wasn't sure it's going to be really good or not you know i I don't know whether you remember when you when 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 you were at university and you were imagining what things would be like when you went back for your reunions yeah and i always used to fantasize that by the time i'd hit my late middle age um i would be coming back in my ferrari having had an incredibly <laughs> successful career doing something or other. Yeah, um, I, I, and I've noticed at the College Gordies I've been to that um, they're much better attended by those um, graduates who've done quite well than they are by those who've had quite disappointing careers or no careers Oh, is that right? All. Yeah. Th- that's interesting. Um, I, I, I didn't feel that was the, the uh, that was particularly the case i mean i i um well <laughs> i mean i can talk can't i, <laughs> I um, but but no i mean um i was i was a bit freaked out by it actually because i thought everyone looked no not everyone quite a lot of people looked quite old and also they looked really kind of ground down sort of diminished by the last two years and i wonder whether if we hadn't had the last two years i think they, they might have been yeah. been different but uh, yeah, so, yeah, i, I but, saw people yeah. who were who'd been cowed by the by the kind of the, the fake covid terror you know one person actually asked me you know we were, we were standing outside uh, having drinks and one person actually asked me whether whether it was it, it was the done thing to to hug each other or kiss each other, um, and I said, obviously it is, and 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 gave this person a, a, a big hug and, and stuff. But I just thought that the fact that they're even asking these questions—I mean, these these are these people who are supposed to be really really mega intelligent, aren't they? We, we we were supposed to be the intellectual cream of our generation, and actually, looking round. I felt that a higher percentage of these people had fallen for the COVID bollocks and had bought into the scare story and had got jabbed up to the hilt than 
than say uh, builders or yeah, or gotcha. um, yeah. or plumbers or anything like that. You know, I, I think Oxford and Cambridge people are probably particularly susceptible yes. to this. Yeah, oh, generally, to the I mean, establishment it, it, narrative. The, the higher your status, the more money you earn. Um, the more likely you are to buy into that whole narrative. I mean, that that that's something we've discussed before. I mean, it's 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 absolutely true, um, it, it, and that's partly because buying into the narrative is a high status indicator. Yes, I think you're onto something there because yeah, you're right. A lot of these people have people who've had successful careers, and and in a way they they were groomed for this from an early age. They've bought into everything that the establishment believes in so they would not question the the honesty of the mainstream media they believe in authority they believe in the government often they're they're part of the workings of, oh and i didn't tell you the really terrible bit <laughs> i had a very very sticky conversation with kate bingham oh what the the vaccine lady was she a contemporary yes. of yours at christchurch yes she was she was in my college and she's an old friend. I mean, I you know, I've I've been round to their house for dinner. She's married to an MP called Jesse Norman, yep. not the opera singer. He's a man. No, but the uh, bi- um, biographer of uh, Edmund Burke, amongst others. Yeah, he's a bit of a kind of a, a Tory squish. He's one of those those those. Well, I mean, a, a, a quite a typical Tory, actually. The kind of thing who could e- equally be at home in Labour or the Lib Dems. I mean, it's just. Um, oh, yeah. I think that's a little harsh. I, I quite like him, but um, uh, no, no, anyway. no, 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 Tobes, you always make this mistake: <laughs> confusing people with whether you like them or not, which is and, and, and whether they are actually sound, which, which are different issues. I mean, you, isn't he? You, but isn't he? Isn't he? Isn't he more conservative than most Tory MPs? I mean, he has a kind of fairly well-developed conservative philosophy, and you know, it's got, rooted he, in yeah, Burkean. Yeah. yeah, he's got all that. He can he he can quote Burke, but I I don't think he's particularly. He's certainly not as robust as I would have liked in the days when I actually believed in the Conservative Party. Uh, well, he, don't at all he did. He, he has the distinction of um, that. W- the FT did a piece um, more than a year ago about the run up to the first lockdown. And of course, the theme of the piece was why, oh, why did the government delay so long? Uh, before locking us down and lives would have been saved if they'd locked down harder and faster the usual balls and um but it, it, in the it, it did pro- it did have this um uh, uh snippet of um the meeting uh, chaired by michael gove between the the i think um nicholas sturgeon was there mark drakeford um and various senior members of the cabinet um and uh, and he was announcing that you know that, that a decision had been taken to go into a national lockdown starting the following day and uh, Jesse Norman was the only person in the room um, uh, to challenge this. And he piped up and said, have you done any sort of cost benefit analysis, uh, you know, to see whether actually, you know, the, the, the benefits are going to outweigh the costs of, of sending the country yeah. into house arrest? And, um, and Gove apparently looked at him with, a, with puzzlement as if to say, what? Of course not. <laughs> what, you yes. take me? what we should be we, you, we should be responsible for spending your money you, i mean we should we should we should consider the the benefits it was as though it was as though it, it, the reaction Outrageous. it was as though it was a naive question as though jesse norman hadn't realized that it was an entirely political decision calculated to preserve the um reputations of the people in the room and had absolutely nothing to do with minimizing harm from the virus um and how could he be so foolish as to imagine otherwise that seemed that, that yeah. was my reading of it anyway anyway yeah so i thought well, okay. I, I, so, I thought that so he, he did I, one of the few people one of the few members of the cabinet at that time i thought to emerge with some distinction uh, yes. from that period anyway the, no that, that that is a very good point you make and i take it back slightly um that that he, he i know he can be good but he also can be bloody annoying um and, and wrong and and, and, and anyway you and, and you and, and kate politics. bingham had a bit of a set so, so yeah <laughs> so so kate bingham for those who never heard of her which will be most people um especially in america Kate Bingham was um, sort of incredibly capable, um, super bright. I mean, she, she was she was going places when she when she was at when she was at university. She was absolutely mega talented, charismatic, likable, sort of good good sporty, good brain, you know, a science brain, everything. Amazing woman, and you know, great cook, super mother, blah blah blah. Um, so she's a very impressive figure, and she was given the job, and and right, she was the right person for the job of 
rolling out the vaccine, the so-called vaccine program. Is that right? Yeah. Job? yeah she, 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 yeah. she led the, what, the vaccine task force. Is that what it was called? I think so. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah her job was, so, to, was to purchase vaccines, make sure the UK got them first and were then kind of... Uh, she, she was sort of in the... Yeah, she, she was the kind of buyer of vaccines. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, as you know, Tobes, I am not the confrontational type. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, true, you're not. No, I, I mean, this is, this is genuinely true. I, I really did not want to spend my, my happy reunion evening in arguments with anyone. A, A, A she's a friend, and, and, and B, you know, I, I don't like having, having rows with people which end up, as this one did, uh, with her walking off and saying she wasn't going to speak to me anymore. Um, and what happened, it was, there was a slight misunderstanding on my part. I thought that she had slightly recanted um that 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 she that she felt that i i, I don't know where i'd got this this idea from maybe something that her husband had said or something but but i'd got the idea that she had um distanced herself from the government's policies slightly because i thought that in the early stages when she was rolling out this the clot shot um, she was insisting. Did you, did you, call, did you was, use that phrase when you're talking to? Uh, oh, oh, it gets worse. <laughs> you, you, you wait. Um, the, the, in the early phases, she was talking about how only at-risk people were going to be jabbed, so the elderly, um, but definitely not, definitely not children. And so I sort of said, you know, how are you, Kate? And blah blah blah. And and, and she told me about this book she's got coming out shortly. And I thought, oh, you're gonna. I said, you're gonna spill the beans, then, Kate. And she said, yeah, yes, I am. And I was trying to sort of work out what her position was. Um, and I, unfortunately, I didn't do it very subtly um, <laughs> because uh, I ended up committed to revealing my my position, which I realised was completely at odds with hers. She was totally committed to the vaccine, which she believed had saved many, many lives. And I said to her, well, what about all the, the vaccine injuries? And she said, she said breezily, well, that's why we've got this marvellous £120,000 compensation scheme for anyone who's been injured. And I was thinking, well, I said that quite a lot of people have actually been injured, um, Kate. And she said, well, that's what you'd, you'd expect when you're rolling out a vaccine. You're, inevitably, there are going to be... Um, you know, there's going to be collateral damage. I, I forget the exact phrase sure. she used. But I was struck by the absolute confident breeziness of her position that, that that there was no nuance there at all there was absolute faith that these vaccines had saved the world that they'd save lives that they were un, an unmitigated good and when i told her that i hadn't had one she she looked at me well she told me i was absolutely mad really and i was smoking a cigarette at the time she says and as a, as a smoker especially you, you 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 know you're particularly at risk oh so i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna let that the, one the, oh you, you mentioned the french study which showed that smokers I was gonna, were actually there's at half a risk. dozen studies yeah, which show that smokers actually i mean not that i am a smoker really i only have one at events like that but 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 that there are about five or six papers peer-reviewed uh, which all say that smoking actually is, is has, has been a very good defence against against being infected with with COVID or whatever. It, well, whatever good defence against severe anyway, illness. I think. Yeah. I didn't mention that one because by this stage it had got really really heated, and and she clearly thought that it was perfectly okay for all these people to have these vaccine injuries because because they were going to get their money and and anyway, you know, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs, kind of thing. And I was increasingly appalled uh, by by her glibness, I have to say, but also rather shocked that a really intelligent woman who I'd hitherto admired could be be so blind to the criticism. I mean, okay, so had we had this conversation two years ago, or you know, eighteen months ago, when when she was rolling out the vaccine, that that would have been fine. But so much information has emerged since. You know, you've got the the data from from Germany, which show that there's been a worrying loss in you know. Um, that, that people are having fewer babies. This could be a sign of vaccine injuries. We, we, we don't know. But there's all sorts of data coming out to suggest that these vaccines are not the wonderful thing that Kate's, Kate thinks they are. And it ended up, I mean, I, I, I just doubled down and I said, well, she said, I, I can't believe you're saying this. I, I don't believe you really mean this. You're, you're joking, aren't you? And I said, no, I think that these vaccines are satanic. Yes, you're definitely joking now. You definitely are. And I, I said, no. 
I think they are satanic. And she, she said, well, I think you're completely mad. And she turned on her heels and walked away. And that was it. So it, it cast a bit of a dampener on the rest of the evening, really, because I, I, I was wondering whether she'd gone around sort of briefing other people. Have you, I've just spoken to that insane man, James Dellingpole. He's completely balmy. Or whether she just shrugged it off. I don't know. I mean, I'm not at all surprised that um, by her position, that's exactly what I'd expect her position to be. Um, right. It, it's quite surprising. But, but that she, she actually was... believed it, Tobes. She actually well, genuinely believed it. I think. I think. I think most. I think. I think that is. That is. You know. That is the conventional view. I think it's very, very few people. Um, you know, we're the the people who think that um, that the vaccines are largely ineffective um, and um, and produce an unusually high number of adverse reactions uh, is a tiny, tiny minority. Um, it, it, but it's a growing, it's um, a growing um, minority. Growing from like, you know, 0.1. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 1%, perhaps to 0.2%, but I mean, still tiny. Do you reckon? Yeah, pretty small. Uh, maybe not that small, but still still, still less than 5% of the population, I think, who are kind of, um, who are kind of vaccine, who are sceptical about the COVID vaccines, yeah. I mean, perhaps, but they haven't. They, they haven't. They haven't finished the dying process yet. So maybe that. Maybe more. I. You see, I'm. I'm not. I'm not sure about about what you say. I. I think what it was certainly true. Say six months ago, that if you talk to people about vaccine injuries, they'd have looked at you a bit nonplussed. But now, I think everyone I talk to at parties, pretty much. I mean, those those who aren't in denial and those who those who who haven't persuaded themselves that it's a result of something called long COVID. Everyone now, I think, knows somebody who's had adverse reactions to the jab. Do you not think? Well, but, that, 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 but at that point, cognitive dissonance kicks in, doesn't it? And they say, well, just imagine how much worse off they'd be if they hadn't been jabbed. It's like people tweeting, you know, um, I've got Bell's palsy and I'm paralysed yes. on my entire left side. Um, my child's yep. just been admitted to hospital with myocarditis um, and my husband died of a heart attack yesterday. But thank God we all had the vaccine because we'd be so much worse off if we hadn't. I mean, you see, I mean, I'm exaggerating slightly, but you see those sorts of things all the time, don't you? I mean, people ridicule them now on Twitter. There's become a sort of Did almost a genre <laughs> of tweets, you know, vaccine enthusiasts kind of uh, acknowledging that they've suffered from some appalling That's certainly true. adverse Did, effect. Did I mention... The extraordinary thing that Alex Mitchell told me, the, you, you know the chap who had to have his his leg amputated because he had blood clots after the AstraZeneca uh, jab? Oh, yeah. And I did, a, I did a podcast with him. I mean, you know, um, it was pretty shocking. Um, I mean, I don't think £120,000 would be enough to, to compensate him for, for, for that experience. But anyway, um, he told me something extraordinary. He said that he knew of 15 people in his position, you know, people who had had seriously adverse reactions or lost loved ones to to the jab who when interviewed in the newspapers had inserted into their mouths by the journalists or by by the publication the phrase uh i would still recommend that other people people get the jab because it's safe and effective or, or words to that effect right so when you read these articles about jab injuries and you get the person saying this 
they didn't necessarily say it, which I found shocking. I, I mean, when, when I was you know, a mainstream media journalist, I think making up stuff like that would have been would have been really frowned on. You know, I mean, having somebody say something in direct contradiction of what they actually believe, you, you wouldn't well, get away it, with Did it. he say that people had attributed that phrase to him when he'd been interviewed? Yes, they said the words have been put in his mouth. Right. That he certainly didn't think that that he certainly wouldn't recommend anyone took the jab, uh, having had his leg chopped off. No. So did you say the night in Christchurch? Um, at, at Do you know what? I was going to. And I booked a room, and it was in in Peck Quad, overlooking. They had the rainbow flag flying in, the, in the middle of Peck Quad, which um, people who have never been to Christchurch is a an 18th century um, quad um, in in sort of Oxfordshire sandstone. Um, looks 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 looks. And I remember when I when I was last at Christchurch, I was really struck by the lawn. I mean, the, the pattern on the lawn is extraordinary. It's kind of uh, kind of concentric circles and spirals. And I hadn't, I, th- I sort of thought, well, how on earth do they do they get this pattern? You know, how do I get that on my lawn? And I realised it was because, you know, the, the kind of gardeners employed by Christchurch use scythes to mow the lawn um, rather oh. than lawnmowers. <laughs> is that, oh... <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit that's a bit kind of um that's, that's eco-woke isn't it yeah that is sort of, well it's it maybe it's sort of eco-woke but it's, in some ways it's sort of um it's, it's a bit medieval too isn't it getting these serfs who are so poorly paid that they're willing to kind of literally pick every blade of grass by hand virtually just so they can feed yes, actually, their children I, I, I suppose i approve of it on those grounds <laughs> anyway i didn't i didn't stay the night um i was going to but the thing was i hadn't because I, I you know i don't drink very much and I'd brought some weed with me um, for some sort of after-dinner entertainment. And I realised there was nobody there that would actually want to smoke a joint with me. So I thought, well, given that I'm I'm sober and given that I don't really want to... I, I, well, I also had my personal fitness trainer thing the next day. Right. And I thought, what, what kind of conversations am I going to have if I were to drink at this point that would be so special and wonderful that they would justify... Um, not driving home and spending a night in my own bed, so I went for the night in, at home in my own bed. Wife wasn't happy, by the way. When you returned unexpectedly, do yes. you see a, a naked, half-naked man leaping from an I, upper I floor she'd window? Be pleased, but she wasn't. She just just thought, you know, God, I've got to share bed right. with you again. Right. So let me just briefly tell you about two things I want to follow up on. The first is, like you, when I have gone to social events in the past few months and seen yeah. people that I haven't seen for a while again, haven't seen for a while because of the lockdowns, uh, I've been struck by how uh, old everyone looks. And, I've, and I, I think, well, they're probably looking at me and thinking exactly the same thing. Um, but I can't work out whether it's because, maybe it's just because I haven't seen them for kind of two and a half years. So I'm noticing that they've aged more than I typically would when I see them every few months. Or whether the lockdown has had a kind of particularly ageing effect on some people, which is sort of counterintuitive because you'd expect with all these kind of, you know, all, most of the people I'm talking about are the sorts of people who have been sitting at home in their gardens, kind of working from home. So you'd expect them to actually age less than than, than during normal times when they have to commute to and from work every day. So I, it's odd. I can't really work out what it is. I expect it's just not having seen them for a bit. You just notice it in the I... same way that you don't notice a, you know, a clock hand moving uh, uh, if you're looking at it constantly. I think, well, look, um, I think... It's the aging effects of the jab, apart from everything else. I think I think most of these people are are jibby jabbed up to the hilt, <laughs> and I think that, <laughs> I think it has an aging effect. I mean, it's odd because it, have you noticed that that we've now reached the age tobes where a lot of our contemporaries have retired for about five years for the last five years, having made so much money they just don't need to work anymore. So so a significant chunk of those people at that gaudy will will be living in their country houses doing absolutely sod all other than you know give orders to the groom and the undergroom and the gardeners and and and, and stuff and going on holidays and yet still on that lifestyle i would say that the crowd i saw looked pretty ropey so i'm putting it down to the jibby jab hmm. so um uh at my college, I've been at a couple of college courses, not that recently. Um, but at the first, the, the first one I went to, I was asked to give the after dinner speech. 
um, really? which was a great honor. Um, and, um, and so I told an anecdote about David Cameron, who was uh, more or less a contemporary of mine at Brazenose. He was two years below um, and um, hoping he'd be there. And it was about how um, I, I, I'd been at this Telegraph event before he be- just after he'd become leader of the party, but before he was prime minister. And um, and he'd noticed me sitting at a table with my wife. And when he'd concluded his speech, he made a beeline for my table and I turned to my wife and said uh, he's probably going to tell me how much he enjoyed How to Lose Friends and Alienate People my best-selling memoir about trying and failing to take Manhattan but in fact he just said Toby I don't know if you know but I've become an honorary fellow of Brazeners and then walked off um, and uh, and I told this story and it brought the house down um, uh, I don't know if everyone would have, would have laughed quite so much had he been there but anyway I was pleased to have landed landed the joke um, but at the at the second one the second one I went to about 10 years later the um, guest speaker was um, Jim Hawkins the now ex-headmaster of Harrow but who was then the headmaster of Harrow and um, and and he, he was always kind of uh, a conservative and he made this quite funny joke. He said, um, uh, when we were there, when we were, you know, when we were at Brazenose together, there was this group of kind of, you know, public school um, socialists who went around rattling tins for the miners because the miners strike happened during that period. And um, and they referred to themselves um, at Brazenose as the left caucus. And um, and he said, he said, he said, uh, it's great, great to see so many old faces from the left caucus here tonight fantastic so good to see those familiar faces though of course i've seen many of them at harrow open days uh which again (laughs) brought brought the house down um (laughs) anyway so those are my two that is that is is so true i know (laughs) the number of the number of 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 lefties that that i saw in the parents at, at at eton i they're such hypocrites they all want to. They all want to get their kids into these. Yeah, these schools. Of course they do. Um, so yeah. let, let's hear from our first. Let's hear our first ad tonight, James. Um, and it's uh, it's 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 from a mutual friend of ours. So London calling. Meet Thor Holt. We both know Thor. He's provided pro bono counselling to the Free Speech Union's victims of cancel culture since uh, I launched it in 2020, and he's also been a guest on the Delling Pod. And Thor would love to connect with fellow London Calling listeners for encouragement, laughs and community. You can message him on at Thor underscore Holt on Telegram and also at Thor underscore Holt on Instagram or at www.linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Thor Holt. When Thor isn't supporting Free Speech Union members in the eye of a Twitter storm, he helps others in a tight spot, e.g. an SME facing 20% redundancies worked with Thor and within four months had landed £20.4 million worth of new contracts, avoided redundancies and secured a 10-year project pipeline. Thor is a trusted conciliary for those looking to bring in investment or exit their business. He's guided stress medics and lawyers through professional exams and his superpower is that he turns terrified professionals of all sectors into confident, competent public speakers. Thor would love to hear from you, whether Team James or Team Toby, mention London Calling and contact him at at Thor underscore Holt on both Instagram and Telegram uh, or connect on LinkedIn on www.linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Thor Holt. So, James, did you see um, our friend Greta at Glasgow? Uh, I imagine your eyes were glued what, to the television if you weren't actually there in person. I know in previous years you have been a regular at Glasgow, right? Yeah, I, I've been going to Glastonbury since 1990 and I've, I've rarely missed a festival since. I love Glastonbury, or rather used to love it. I, 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 I'm not sure that I'm very unhappy that I didn't go this year. Um, in fact, I, I woke up this morning thinking, I'm so pleased I, 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 <laughs> I haven't just spent the weekend at Glastonbury. Um, and you're right, it, it was like a kind of an advert for the World Economic Forum, wasn't it? You had, <laughs> you had Greta, Greta Thunberg, you had um, an appearance by Zelensky on a, on a stream, bigging up the, the Ukraine yeah. war. 
What else did you have? There were, there I imagine the other... entire place was festooned with pride flags. Um, and there's, there's weird stuff that goes on. I mean, I, the, the symbolism of, of some of the sets and the acts I find really quite disturbing. Where if, if you're, once you've become familiar with signs and symbols and realise how they're, they're used to brainwash people, I mean, I mean, there's the there's the the dark significance of the fact that the main stage is a, is a triangle stage. Is it? I mean, it's replete with masonic masonic symbolism. You you've got. Oh, who's that annoying girl um, that Billie Eilish. headlined? Billie, Billie Eilish. Eilish. Can't st- she's really, really sinister, I think. Wearing a, wearing a T-shirt, wearing a shirt with Lucifer on it, and, Alistair, uh, and Bowie is Alistair Crowley. And you're thinking, what kind of... They're so overt now in the messages that they are sending out to the kids. It's all about, about dark forces, invoking dark forces and stuff. And I, I'm not sure I'm very comfortable with it. I, I mean, I, and as for the music, I mean, has anyone, has anyone made, has there been any good music in the last five years? I think it's all, it's all pretty yeah, you're more, It's more your mediocre. speed than mine. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought, um, I mean, the odd thing I thought about, about Greta was that, when she was sort of 14 and, you know, and we all knew, we all know she's on the autistic spectrum, her slightly yeah. kind of wooden, slightly over-rehearsed, kind of um, slightly non-player characterish delivery, um, uh, you could sort of understand it. Well, she's only 14, you know, you don't expect her to be able to kind of extemporize in public as an autistic 14 year old but you know she's been doing it now for five years um she's been talking about little else um you'd expect her to have got a little bit better and to sound a little bit more natural and spontaneous but actually she still sounds like a non-player character and i think maybe her handlers have said to her don't change greta (laughs) this is the the, the slightly sort of manky kid act is working really well for your I don't know. You're right. It was, but it, it struck me as kind of, it's like, it's like, you began to sort of think there was sort of nothing there, you know, that, that, that she's sort of an empty vessel. And maybe what? she is, maybe, maybe she's, you know, maybe she is filled with kind of, you know, climate change propaganda by her handlers. Um, but, she is. Uh, oh, she but, totally but, is. She's a complete creation. But, but as um, she gets yeah. older, if that is true, as she gets older, it seems to be. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are more and more obvious. Um, uh, yeah. that she, you know, and you can't imagine sitting down with her and actually having a conversation, you know. I mean, and let's suppose you... you you sort of, um, you know, you, you pushed back in the kind of mildest way and presented her with a few counter arguments. You don't sort of get the impression that she could handle that very well and that she could kind of she'd be able to deal with the kind of standard kind of, you know, 101 rebuttals. Actually, no, she'd just go and off. She'd just repeat what she'd said previously, you know, like, like those politicians when they're kind of put on the spot by pesky journalists and they can't think what to say. So they just repeat their kind of prepared sound bites. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was. Uh, I thought. I thought. You know, if possible, <laughs> Greta was actually disappointing. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I didn't watch anything else. I mean, did he? Did he watch uh, Paul McCartney? I mean, of course, it, we, it, I couldn't work out from last week. Do you think that Paul McCartney did die thirty yes. years ago and has been he replaced died, the, by the, the, the real Paul? <laughs> the real Paul, Paul McCartney died in a car crash in in nineteen sixty six, right, and there right. were all kinds of clues put on the cover of Abbey Road. <laughs> He was pl- replaced by a guy called, well, they called it, the, the sort of nickname was Billy Shears. Billy Shears has since written two autobiographies, or, or at least maybe that one is a, is a, is a kind of um, edited version of the other one. Um, his real name is, is Bill Shepard. Um, and he also played the Viv Stanshaw in the, in the Bonzo Dog See, now, now I, band. Now, now I feel a bit like Kate Bingham. I don't know whether, whether you're pretending to believe this or whether you really do. Um, well, um, yeah, I think it's, I, I've, 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 I've been listening to too many compelling podcasts on the subject to, <laughs> to doubt, doubt, doubt what I'm saying. I mean, I, I think there are, there are various competing theories. There, there, there are theories that there's, there's more than one fake Paul, that there's a, there's a street Paul, 
who's there for the kind of the non-musical roles, and then then you've got musical Paul, who's there for the um, yeah, and apparently the the, the 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 other band members used to call him Fool, I think, for for fake Paul. So so so, so they all knew, and I I, don't, I think yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, thought, I had it confirmed. Well, I don't know whether whether he'd necessarily know. By um, I interviewed um, uh, Mike Stock from Stock Aitken Waterman. You know the 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 the, yeah. uh, the, the hit factory that, that did yeah. Kylie Minogue and had yeah. a string of number ones in the eighties, mid eighties. And he he said that he too had heard lots of um, industry rumours that it, that it was an op- open secret that lots of lots of people knew that that that, that Paul was not real. So oh, there we are. Well, I, I missed the fake Paul's performance at Glastonbury, but it seemed um, uh, uh, it did it didn't it, it didn't seem it didn't seem um, uh, it, well it seemed like it was you know his usual stuff. Um, so I think he sh- he shocked everyone at the end by 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 wheeling out a, a Ukrainian flag, which no one would have expected that. <laughs> Someone gave my son. Um, uh, for his birthday, a, a football with Ukrainian colours on it, but unlike you, James, Fantastic. I didn't throw it in the bin. Anyway, um, so um, uh, Roe v. Wade. Should we talk a little bit about Roe v. Wade for the benefit of our American listeners, James? What do we think about think they've, uh, they've, they've Roe v. Wade about being it, overturned? They, they know about it. I, I'm sure they. I'm sure they probably do. <laughs> I had a bit of a row oh, yesterday. Just with American my... listeners, just in case you don't know, Roe v. Wade has been overturned in your Supreme Court. <laughs> I wasn't, that, I wasn't suggesting we break the news to them. I was suggesting oh, we talk Sorry. about this piece of news <laughs> oh, yeah. because it'll be something yes, we they should, know about. We should about. talk about it. Yeah, what do you think? We do you think, totally... uh, do you think um, it's the right decision or uh, 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 do you think it's... Um, I mean, uh, the, it, it's odd that the way the, way the kind of... Um, the way the progressive left has reacted to this decision, it's as though the Supreme Court has overnight made abortion illegal. You know, so e- e- even if the even if you you know you're only, you've only been pregnant for 15 weeks, um, they think that 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 the Supreme Court has said no, you cannot now have an abortion, however early, um, uh, 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 in the process. Uh, but actually, they haven't said that at all. I mean, I'm sure we don't need to point this out to our American listeners, who are I'm sure are across this debate much more than us. But all the Supreme Court has done is effectively say. We're not going to prejudge um, uh, uh, how states decide uh, to legislate on this. If they want to make, if if you know, if if there's if there's a democratic debate and a state legislature at the at the conclusion of that debate decides to pass legislation making it unlawful to have an abortion um, after 15 weeks, um, then you know that's the democratic decision and it's their decision to make. It's a political decision. It's highly contested. Um, people feel very strongly on both sides. It's the kind of thing that should be resolved at the ballot box and not by the Supreme Court. It was wrong of the Supreme Court to have intervened and to have said we're going to make a decision on behalf of the states about this vital contested issue. It's left a lot of people feeling unhappy and disenfranchised. Much better, it should be taken after a kind of proper democratic discussion in each state by each state legislature. That's what the Supreme Court has said. It hasn't said from now on abortion's going to be illegal. But that seems to be the way the progressive left has responded. Yes, yes. Uh, look, I, I mean, I, I'm very happy with the decision um, first because of the restoration of states' rights, which 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 has to be, has to be the right the right decision. It should be up to 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 the states, not not to the federal government to decide on this. But I think that this is a classic example of of divide and rule. The the timing of the decision now of all, of all times, when there's already so much so much chaos and division going on in in America and the rest of the world. I think it's been it's been time deliberately to create the kind of scenes we appalling scenes like like women women protesting like having an abortion ought to be a you know a fun thing you do every week kind of thing sort of rejoicing in their in their in 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 this notion they have that that my body you know, that, 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 that they have this bodily autonomy and no one else should 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 um tell them otherwise but but strangely they, this, these standards don't seem to apply with, with with vaccines when it's when it's perfectly okay for the government to tell them tell them what to do um but i i tell you why i i think it's i think it's a divide and rule thing i 
the person sitting next to me at, at, at dinner at the, at the Gordie was very, very keen to have a conversation with me about, about Roe v. Wade and to give me lots of examples of, um, of women who've been raped or whatever. And, and what do you think about that? You know, what are they supposed to do now? If, 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 if they, uh, they're supposed to have the baby, are they? And, and I, and do you I see, think, he, think, he, thinks I, that he thinks the Supreme Court has made abortion illegal. That is how the progressive left have kind of well, been... Well, exactly. That, that's, that's what I mean. There are lots of very... Uh, and particularly, um, yeah, I mean, in this country, I think, think Europe's always been sort of more culturally comfortable with abortion than America has. So inevitably, whoever you speak to over here is going to be somebody who's incensed at, at women's women's bodily autonomy has been violated by the evil fascist Supreme Court, and you, you know you're never going to get beyond that. So that so it's causing division over here, which I'm sure is you know just a, a happy byproduct. But over in America, you only have to look at look at the the, the massive division. It, it's another it, it, it's 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 the equivalent of a, of a high school shooting. It, it, these things are designed, I think, that they are arranged in order to divide America, and they're doing a very good job of it. Um, couldn't you throw the same argument back to us? Let's just think about it for a second. So um, we say, you know, if you believe in my body, my choice, then why don't yeah. you defend people's right not to have the vaccine if they choose not to? It's their bodies after all. Um, yeah. uh, but, but couldn't someone equally say, well, hang on a second, James, if you think it's okay for... Um, the the decision about whether a woman can have an abortion or not at say um uh 20 weeks um should be should be a majority decision and all the women in that state have to abide by the decision of the majority well by the same token if a majority decided that everyone has to be vaccinated um wouldn't that be equally okay how can you defend protecting bodily autonomy when it comes to the vaccines, but not women's right to abortion? Why is one right kind of uh, negotiable and subject oh, to a majority well, that, that, decision, that's, that's but not very the simple, other? Because the, there's another there's another person involved here. That that, that person being the unborn right. child. I mean, and then you, if, and then if, the if, comeback if, the comeback then is well, other people are involved if you decide not to get vaccinated because you might infect them. Yes. Uh, that I, that I suppose is the argument that that insane, <laughs> insane, dangerous people would 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 make. It's yes. not one that, that that I would agree with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's uh, yeah. But I think I think you have to. It, it, it can get quite complicated. But I mean, my position is that I think women do have a right to abort, um, but um, the, the 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 unborn child at some point not at the moment of conception but at some point also has a right to life at which point you have to balance those two rights and i think it should be um a local decision as to the point at which you know a state decision as to the point at which the um fetus becomes a person and acquires a right to life at which point yes. you know you have to then balance the rights but until that point the woman should have um, an unqualified well, right to yeah, I mean, look, we, 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 look, I've, I've, I've sort of copped out by saying that that, that, that I think it's an important victory for state states' rights. But, but my, my personal view is, look, I mean, if you're a Christian, you, you probably have a, a, a different view about this. I mean, I do. I, I, I don't think one should be aborting people. You know, I think you are a person when you're. I mean. I'm not sure exactly. Well, I suppose, I suppose maybe it is from the moment of conception. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I used to be much more cavalier about it in my youth when I when I didn't hold these views. But I but I I now understand the the, the right to life people's position much more. Shall we I hear think, from you know, our life is sacred. second sponsor, James? Um, I think we should. Th this one will not surprise any of our listeners. Many of us spend more time every day in our office chair than in our cars or beds. That's why it's so important to invest in the right chair to spend those hours with the right level of support and comfort to get the most productivity out of your day. X-Chair has made my time at my desk not only more productive, but it's honestly my favourite place to sit for any reason. Not only does X-Chair, uh, not only does X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, or DVL, offer the ultimate customised support, but my X-Chair can even give me a massage or heat up or cool down. And now, thanks to F-Chair's new FS360 armrests, I can even adjust my armrests to the perfect position. 
All these unique X-Chair features help the hours at my desk fly by in complete comfort. That's why I love my X-Chair. X-Chair prices will increase on July the 11th, but you still have time to get an X-Chair at current prices. So shop now and beat the price increase. Go to xchairlondon.com now. That's the letter X, the word chair, L-O-N-D-O-N.com, or in the US call 1-844-4X-Chair. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. xchairlondon.com So, James, I imagine you don't want to talk about the uh, Conservatives' two by-election defeats um, last Thursday. Um, uh, uh, And Boris is imperiled future. What? But isn't it, I, but I, I think we're in, we're in Culture Corner now, aren't we? Uh, let, 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 let's let's go to Culture Corner. Yeah, I think we probably um, yeah bored that's, that's our listeners nice. for long enough with current affairs. Um, so um, what have you what I, have you read or seen in the last last week? I am very impressed with. The, have you seen the Lazarus Lazarus project? No, on, but on uh, I was thinking about it. Is it worth is it worth bothering with? It's it's good. Now look, I was expecting it to be rubbish because well, quite a lot of a lot of stuff that comes out on TV these days is, you know, whether it's on Netflix or Sky, and certainly if it's on the BBC, it's a guarantee of its being horrible. But um, this one took me by surprise. I think it's it's witty. Um, it's, yeah, it, it was written by a, a, a screenwriter that I'm quite a fan of, a guy called Joe Barton. And he did one of my favourite series from about two years ago called Giri Haji, which was about... Um, set partly in Japan and, and partly in, in England, and it was about um, uh, Yakuza and, 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 and martial arts and all, all sorts of things. And he, he's just... Actually, quirky is the wrong word because that just puts you off everything. But, it, but it's, 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 it's witty, it's not obvious. It's a time travel. It's right. a time travel drama. Um, but, it's, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny and, oh. and, and dark and clever. Okay, I'll check and that well out. And well-acted. So yeah. um, I, 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 this week I've seen um, Man vs. B, which is Rowan Atkinson's new... Oh, Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, uh, on Netflix. It was actually, it's actually quite good. I haven't watched all of it yet, but the episodes are very short, so it's, you, can, you can kind of... It's almost designed to be consumed in one gollop. Um, Tobes, and... In Tobes' world, things are always actually quite good or really not bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's never it's never quite a recommend I I'm not thinking right I must go and watch Man vs B tonight. Well, yeah, no it's it, if you enjoy Isn't it Mr Bean kind it, of it is, so, it, like it, redux. It, it, it's it's He's very he's he has a lot of Mr. Bean's qualities, but he's like he's like the non-autistic version of Mr. Bean. So like he, he he's he's seemingly quite a normal bloke. He's a slightly sad middle-aged bloke. Uh, his wife's left him. He's unemployed and he's got a job as a house sitter. And the premise is that he sort of um, house sits for this kind of very pretentious, very rich couple. And it's this very high tech house and he can't work out how to work anything and he ends up in this kind of existential um battle with a bee apparently very intelligent bee um and uh you know breaks lots of valuable vases and crashes e-type jags and the rest of it um but um it's quite funny when when he when he sort of reverts into kind of bean mode it actually he's so good at physical comedy um and he's really good he and his writer anyway are really good at engineering those kind of you know quite funny comic set pieces anyway it's pretty funny it's pretty diverting i i I think i give it a a, a qualified recommend james (laughs) what would you give it out of 10 i give it uh, seven and a half Seven and a half. You see that? That's still, yeah. That's okay. quite high for me. Um, so, uh, but um, on the other hand, I did finally catch up with um, the sequel to Doctor Strange, um, the latest contribution to um, the MCU. And I have to tell you, James, I think it's the worst Marvel blockbuster yet. I mean, their sequels are often poor. One of the one of the kind of characteristics of the mcu as that sequels the the, the 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 drop between the original and the sequel is usually pretty huge so you know the difference between iron man and iron man 2 is enormous guardians of the galaxy guardians of the galaxy 2 captain america captain america i mean they usually fall off a cliff but never have i seen such a precipitous fall as the gap between doctor strange 1 and doctor strange 2 i mean it was just 
terrible. I mean, just almost unwatchably bad. Um, and, you know, they, they, they kind of introduced this multiverse concept and they couldn't have made it clearer that the only reason um, to have kind of Doctor Strange travel from one universe to another is so they can bring in other characters from kind of the Marvel extended franchise, like X-Men characters, um, uh, because they've done a deal with kind of Lionsgate or whatever it is, Sony, to bring in these other characters. So you have these kind of, you know, these different bits of the Marvel universe kind of merging in the multiverse. And it's like, it's so obviously kind of a storyline motivated by kind of commercial rapaciousness. And they've so obviously run out of anything more to say with these characters. I mean, I don't know if you're a fan, you you were that big a fan in the first place, but Endgame was the should by God, have been the final instalment. It was the perfect way to end the kind of sequence, the complicated kind of universe they built. Uh, and it really should have ended at that point. And everything else has been a kind of spluttering, half-hearted, pathetic afterthought. But none more so than Doctor Strange in the multiverse. I mean, it was just right. e- execrable. Um, I'm terrified now that I've got uh, the, 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 this has been unusable because my, my sound seems to be not adjusted properly. I don't know why. Oh, I hope it's God. worked. <laughs> You're kidding. Don't you check the sound at the beginning every time, Joe. Well, I do normally. I do normally. But um, I don't... You see, because I, I, I don't... I don't, oh, I don't know. What you mean uh, when you anyway, speak, you ho- don't see the little... little let's uh, hope it worked. Let's okay. hope it worked. Um, All right, yeah. James. Okay, all right, you can move on. <laughs> it means I'm suspense here. Okay, yeah. all right, let's get them over to Brian okay. as soon as possible. Yeah, exactly. Happens. All right, Tobes. Okay, mate, all right. Um, see you then. Bye. Bye-bye. This is London Calling. Ricochet. Join the conversation.